This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Oh no, Adrian! Looks like the Reds are polluting the city lake! What do we do? We call the Watchmen! Strong together, united forever, they're the best of friends! But when trouble's about, you'd best watch out for the Watchmen! Is the leader, and he loves to party down. Rorschach's friends to the animals. Yeah, when he's not clowning around. Why not? Beat up some thugs. Say no to drugs. Be in bed by ten. But if trouble's about, you'd best watch out for the Watchmen. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with Brooks. Greetings. Let me go ahead and jump all over your case about something. I saw Watchmen, finally. What'd you think of Watchmen? I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really liked it a lot. That's a good movie. What I didn't see, and I was looking for, was junk. What? I'm like, did I get a different mix? A different version? A different cut? I've got to see the director's saw? cut, because maybe more well, got Well, I don't snip. have the director's cut. I have the rated R. Well, I assume the rated R is the theatrical cut. You're telling me Netflix, you saw no junk in the movie. I saw one shot of junk. One. And it was not up close. It was distant. Well, I, find, I, I, I don't the whole think time I, ever, I kept thinking, well, I didn't mean to say there were ever close-ups, but it felt that. Maybe you're <laughs> missing the impact because you saw it on video. But in the now theater, that's what I was wondering. it seemed like I it was, was like, all over the place. I just, like I honestly no was looking it. for it because of the way you guys talked it, it up. It seemed like it was full-on widescreen, high-def junk. I'm not the only one that had this 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 uh this experience because I was talking with Andrew afterwards, and he's like, I know, because we were both looking for it, having heard <laughs> the show. Maybe we've done the and service I was then, just because we talked it, up. it to be swinging in the camera, just full, you know, full screen. Just I think we probably right over talked it, which may be good. I'm happy with that. Well, I was expecting a lot more. I was a little let down by the junk because I was <laughs> I was fully prepared to be just I was in you know it's like a, you get to the top of the roller coaster and you grab on and you clench your fist real tight because you know it's coming. <laughs> I was like that the whole movie. Well, like, where is the junk? You know, this Where's is why. The junk? This is why I say in in ads, they always say, and they always try to do this to sell you, they're like, you won't believe the twist. It's like, man, you can't tell me there's a twist. You can't say there's a twist, because then I'll be looking for it. And then, you know, maybe I'll see it coming, but even if I don't, whatever it is, I'll think is lame. Because the only thing that makes it work is not seeing it coming. So maybe we helped you out on the junk issue by, (laughs) by building it up so big. But it seemed like an awful lot of junk when I was in the theater. I can only honestly remember one, maybe two shots where you see it at all. He's usually either a chest-up shot or he's even wearing a suit, which I didn't expect. I thought, from the way you guys are describing it, I don't remember the book that well. I thought that he'd be just naked all the time, but he's usually wearing clothes. No, but there's a couple... I remember a couple of scenes where it's just flopping around and it's not necessary at all. And that love scene actually didn't seem nearly as bad to me as what no, you guys were making I will not rescind be. anything. I know I overtalk the junk to be fun, but please. Well, I'm just saying, I, I, I was expecting worse. 
due to the description and when it actually came up I was like well that's not so bad because I get uncomfortable during love scenes I always do and this one actually didn't make me that uncomfortable so even even during when I'm doing it I look away me <laughs> well exactly awkward I hate watching myself on video when <laughs> yeah, I'm doing really. I don't know it's why just... I always tape it that's probably I don't know the why problem. I've got the film crew in there. It's, it's really know. awkward. It, it's but, uncomfortable. But I was expecting worse. And then when it happened, I was like, well, it actually wasn't so bad. And, you know, well, part of it was because I think that... Uh, this may be part of the service we provide because we really did hit the negative scenes hard. Because I never... I've always thought Watchmen is a good movie, but come on. That, that scene is terrible. What is it you didn't like about that scene exactly? First of I don't all, remember. even the soundtrack choice of that scene is awful. Why is that awful? Because it's such a stupid song for a sex scene. First of all, they used it in Shrek. They've used it in tons of movies. Well, it doesn't, it's already doesn't a cliche, and it's so built up. Like, in the book, it's not even a sex scene, and then they're like, Hallelujah! Lots of, lots well, of people's dainties shining in the moonlight. It's... And plus, it's Andrew an unnecessary sex scene completely, too. so it's not even something you have to have. I don't know. It seems like it seems like a gratification scene that isn't even gratifying because neither one of the people is attractive enough to really get you going. <laughs> you didn't think that girl was attractive She's at all? She's cute. No, don't get me wrong. She's cute. I'll say this. Man, my, the, the shoes have flipped or something. The... Because I'm usually the one that... But I'm just saying that's not the kind of girl that... And, and and I'm not saying she's not hot or whatever, but that's not the, you're not watching the movie hoping for the sex scene with that girl. So I'm saying, not because she's not good looking, but you assume that the, 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 she was hired to act the role. You're not expecting the gratuitous sex scene to happen. Well, I didn't think it was that gratuitous. And that song is about sex. It's a sex song. I know it's hard to imagine with the way it's been used over and over well, yeah, again. I know, but that's what makes it, it's made it played out. It's not the song itself is bad. It's the song has become cliche through its use in other movies. Just like a lot of the soundtrack choices in the movie were sort of a throwback to the 80s that was unnecessary. I found that a lot of the songs, even though they, they were iconic songs, they weren't 80s songs at all, they, they, except for they had love balloons in it, I think. Yeah, exactly. The songs that stood were, out. Were like uh, Jimi Hendrix versions that of Bob, and then fine. A Bob Dylan I thought that song. Was a, that was a good song to use. So that's two Bob Dylan songs. So that's sixty. And I stuff. didn't mind where they do. You know, everybody wants to rule the world is on the Muzak when they're in Ozymandias's office oh, building. I, did, I, I didn't that notice was, that. That's that pretty was cool. appropriate. I thought. <laughs> I didn't know? even notice that. That's fun. But you know, I just think because the. The theatrical trailer and some of the previews had this really awesome music. You really expected it to be a little bit more cutting what edge. What music did they use in the trailer? I don't even remember. What is it? I know they had some. Uh, one, it was a Muse song they used in the trailer. And what well, you was can't the other use one? modern songs. It's supposed to be 1985 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, just because something said in 1985 doesn't mean you have to use 1985 songs for the soundtrack. Well, I think it helps. Or at least I don't, I don't think it helps that, that movie. Like they fit that period. I like I mean, the movie, but have... I don't think those soundtrack choices help the movie. I think you could have used modern songs. It's an you know you're creating a mood. The, the fact that it's set in the '80s isn't supposed to be a retro thing. It's an alternate '80s. You know, not all your sa- soundtrack choices have to be period appropriate. You know. Well, what if you were making a song about the '50s? Would you have mo- techno in it or something like that? 
It depends on the tone of the movie. Is the movie set in the 50s so that you can capture the spirit of the 50s? Or is the movie, is the story a modern sort of story that happens to be set in the 50s? Well, I think see, I, I, that to I me feel is, like that would remove me. If I were watching a movie about the 50s, regardless of the tone, and I'm, I heard a tech, the modern music in it, it would kind of make me feel it wasn't in the 50s. I don't know. It depends on the usage of the soundtrack. I don't think that you have to have... I don't think you have to have music of the period now obviously if they're listening to the radio you do that kind of stuff but i really think the soundtrack choices have to be appropriate for the story more than the period because i got a real pet peeve about these these soundtrack flashbacks and tv does it worse than anybody where you know they'll be like thinking back to like 10 years ago and then they'll cut to the scene of like them in the 90s and it's like boop boop it's like there's always some like ridiculously 90s song you know the, that alternative music thing to like oh oh this is the 90s because they're listening you know to like blind melon or whatever <laughs> that's not a blind melon song but you know no. what i'm saying but that's a third eye blind song and i love them so watch your mouth it's i love the <laughs> 90s and the music of the 90s but i'm just saying it's like it's like i feel like if i were a time traveler and i went back in time and it's like as soon as i get to the first like street corner there's just like you know third eye blind playing for no reason i would feel like how weird i don't remember there being just music playing on the streets when i was when i lived through the 90s why well that's why very true. as soon as i as soon as we flashed back to that time someone had a radio that was playing a song that was created that year as opposed to like right now i could turn on the radio and hear that same song that doesn't put me in that time period well song i mean songs soundtracks are that's a big weakness of all soundtracks really that because music is part of everyone's life but not the way it is in portrayed in movies where you just hear it in the background during scenes you know Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that that always bothers me I like when you hear it on the radio or something or on the Muzak, like you said. Yeah, that's that to me resonates more. I remember one time you and I went to like Crystal, and we were it was like two in the morning, and we we're just walking through Carrollton for no reason at all because you could do that in Carrollton, just walk one end of it to the other. And we ended up in Crystal, and they were playing like that that time of the season song by the Zombies. And and you were just like, this song is on the soundtrack of our lives. <laughs> because we'd used it in our show. We liked the song. It was not set in the period that we were in. It was just some old song that had kind of come up at the radio station. And we've used it and stuff. And then we were just happened to be in Crystal and it was playing. You know, to assume that it sets the mood of a time that you're listening to the music of that exact moment while you're living it. And it really, really makes a two-dimensional affair out of your life. Well, in Watchmen, though, they did use, like, Bob Dylan and stuff. They used a lot of things that weren't from that period. Which is so good. I, I, don't, I don't think it fell into that. I just think, and I don't think that it was throughout overall a problem, but I think there were a couple of scenes where I'm like, ah, oh, they worked that in for no reason. Especially, and you mentioned it, too, that that, that, that 99 Luftballon song is what really yeah, stood out for me. Yeah, that one actually did stick out. Yeah. It didn't seem... Because that, uh, and I think you know, I love that song, but I feel almost that it's become mm-hmm. 
because that's one of the things you always hear when you hear an 80s retrospective. I think it'd have been neat to put a movie in the 80s, in 85, to use some songs that were maybe popular then that people don't remember. Like maybe some Phil Collins song or something, you know, something that was, it was popular then, but it's not something that you remember as iconic 80s. Or God forbid, find some music of the time that it doesn't necessarily resonate now that wasn't part of the pop music. There's a lot of music out right now that's really good music that isn't necessarily representative. It's sad yeah, it to think you that the only representative the soundtrack of a decade will be what makes top 40. You know? Well, Phil Collins made top forty. I'm saying things that that didn't <laughs> well, fit into the zeitgeist that, or I what we assigned to it watch later. Watch American Psycho, then he gets Genesis. Yeah, exactly. I love the, that. The I book, love his I mean, deep they, He does mention of, that in that they work it into the movie very well. But there's like whole chapters of the book where all he does it's they're the scariest parts. Talk about book, Huey Lewis and Huey stuff. Lewis and the Genesis, and the, that's the scariest part of all because he's like a psychopath. But he's obsessed with anything that is, you know, the completely popular. And it, it's really, it's really kind of off-putting. Because I like Huey Lewis. I like Genesis. There's no, I, I came up in the 80s. But when you hear him, he's going in-depth about how awesome all their albums are. And you could tell Brett Easton Ellis has researched this. Yeah, or not, just read a review. Like, <laughs> he goes, like, into, like, he goes in-depth about the songs. I do think that that's that's a lot of fun. But, but that, if you're going to pick something to 80s, why not just, pick, like you said, either pick something that wasn't a top 40 song or or even even more accurately. If I remember the 80s, I remember a lot of songs like a Whitney Houston song or something that was popular, but it you don't see on the 80s retrospectives. You know, well, I could be like, how did I know that he really <laughs> loves me? But I, I think mean, you could 80s. go back and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of punk and new wave and a lot of well, you sure, know, electric but, stuff. But, you know, they weren't necessarily the popular music of the time, but they resonate. If you're going to create, especially you're trying to create, you know, not to nitpick too much Watchmen in particular, but you're trying to create an alternative 80s that sort of, I really think that in that alternative 80s that they created, that alternative music would have hit a little earlier. Like they could have really done something, and you know, I don't, well, I don't know that it was Nixon their was responsibility. <laughs> but it's hard to imagine. But the '80s had a certain sound because of the way that you know politics and the economy and the bomb. Like, I think people take for granted where a sound, you know, a feeling like that comes from. The whole popular culture was affected by our fear of the bomb, plus like this economic boom. You know, this everyone thought you know they could have it all, and it created this interesting artistic element to the music, where it was almost ridiculously optimistic. Partly because you know the economy was on the rise for the people at the top, but also because the people at the bottom were so afraid of of uh, annihilation that the music reflected this need for optimism. I think if also, you were going to create an alternative '80s, you would have to sort of really look at the music. Would the music have had that tone, or would it have hit that sort of grunge '90s "Where Did We Go Wrong" feeling a little earlier? I like that a lot of 80s songs sound really optimistic and they're really horribly pessimistic, like like Red Skies at Night, stuff like that. Talking about you know people being blown up, but it sounds like a fun pop song. Well, we were that's the beauty of, of good pop music. We were talking about that silent running song. It's like that. You start listening to that going, what the hell is this dude talking about? It's like, pledge allegiance to the flag. Whatever flag they offer. 
That would have worked really well on a Watchmen kind of soundtrack. That'd be a good 80s soundtrack song because that's not something you see on, you know, remember the 80s? I hate when you But you know what's awesome about that song? If you watch any old 80s TV show, you know, at some point they actually used that song. That was the song. Can you hear me running? You know, it's another, like really another Genesis tonight. reference, too. So there Mike you go. Mike of the Mechanics, yeah. I mean, that guy, he came from Genesis. But Mike of the Mechanics had some good songs. If you want to look at, like, the poppy 80s on the, on the fringe, look at bands like that, who had some hits, yeah, but they weren't, that's like... That's not on the fringe. <laughs> I don't mean on the fringe, but, I mean, they're they're forgotten to a great degree, even though they had, that, they had songs, you know, that were as good as Genesis, but they weren't quite as popular. You know, you could really you could really pull of... that kind of stuff up for a modern audience, so they wouldn't they'd recognize the song in in tone, but they w- wouldn't necessarily know the song itself. I think that's special when you can but find they, something. They did what, like the Living Years? Was that them? Mm-hmm. Nice that was their song. big big one, and that that was a good song, and it was a good depressing song. I like um, Taken In. That's a good song. But they're just a good, you know, got a good sound. Those guys. I'm I'm starting to miss the '80s. I thought I would miss the '80s. And I've been saying it for 20 years how I missed the 80s. But fashion-wise, the 80s is coming back pretty strong. And well, I, now I, I find I never, it, that I it's irritating that. me. I, I don't miss the cosmetics and stuff like that. What well, I, I did. You know, I thought that was part of what I missed. But when I see it happen now, it feels fake to me. Nah, so it gets on my nerves. Just a bunch of weirdos and leg warmers. I don't miss that. But I miss where – I do miss the anthematic nature of the 80s. I miss that in, in TV show themes. I miss it in movie themes. And I miss it in the general popular music. I'm not opposed to popular music. I just don't like a lot of popular music now because it's 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 not that the music of the 80s was more substantive, but it was anthematic. It was always about, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to build up. We're going to go do some stuff and stuff. You know, like everything was like, everybody get up off your duff and let's go do some stuff. You know, that was basically the song. <laughs> That's a, those are lyrics right there. Oh, I'm you right. remember that. Oh, yeah. You you do the music to that, I'll do the lyrics and we're Get done. up off your duff. Let's go do some stuff. <laughs> that would be. Why the, are you being so rough? That'd be a perfect Gilberto song. Just, I never specify anything I talk about <laughs> to obfuscate the fact that I never know what I'm talking about. I did love the the night owl or whatever its name is that care that in his civvies with his glasses and his horrible hair. I love how they did that. You know, he didn't have like some wedding singer ridiculous haircut. He had an actual haircut that people had in the eighties, older guys. You know, yeah, and well, it was so unflattering. But it, but it, you you believed that it was it wasn't done ex- you know excessively. I'm glad the girl didn't have some Cindy Lauper hair or something like that. No, there's because a lot of ways it could have gone wrong. They already they indulged that slightly, but they did stop themselves because there is that that need to try to make it a retrospective, and it's not. I think, you know, and we talked about this a little bit on the forum too. But the problem with the the Watchmen now is that when the comic came out as an alternate '80s, it was in the '80s. Yeah, and now even you know they kept it true to the book. But now that it's the 80s, there's this need to make it a little bit retro, you know, throwback to the 80s kind of thing. And that's not what the story calls for at all. It'd be interesting to see what choices Alan Moore might have made for the soundtrack if he had actually written that into the original comic. I know, if he would broach the subject at all. 
without being a long-bearded weirdo about everything. Because, I mean, for all we know, he listens to weirdo music even back then. But I would love but, to know. I really would because he's, you know, he's so brilliant in that writing that medium and seems to have no interest in anything else. It's like, really, do you even think movies matter? Or is he just pretentious that way? I think he's a. I really think deep down that he's just afraid to to accept that something. Like if he says that the movie is good in some way, that that will detract from the goodness of a comic. Or people will always just think, well, comics are okay until they make them to movies. That's what you really want, you know. And maybe he's trying to say maybe comics are okay by themselves. They don't have to be anything else. Well, that is definitely what he's saying. Whatever his motives are, that seems to be his thing. He's such a purist. I can't help but respect that that he doesn't. I do get kind of mad. Like Frank Miller is sort of the opposite, where you know now he's trying to make movies and the movies aren't very good. Sin City was good, but the Spirit wasn't. But it, it does feel like, did he, you know... What did he have to do with the spirit? Just produce it? Or did he, directed he direct it? it or? He directed see, it. That was his debut. He didn't, he didn't now, direct see, Sin City. Yeah, see, he got a co-director credit, you know, because he worked so directly with, with Robert Rodriguez that it sort of, I think, empowered him to make a movie on his own, and the spirit was not good. So that That's... Un, see, that's, again, the unappreciation for the art. That you think, well, any, you know, I make a comic, I can make a movie. Yeah. And, you know, Robert Rodriguez yeah. probably has no business making a comic. So. I think it's disrespectful to both media because, you know, you're great at making comics, or at least you have been in places. And that doesn't necessarily mean you can make a movie, but why do you feel like you have to graduate into making movies? What's wrong with comics? So it's sort of like an insult on both sides. It's like, why do you think just because you can write and draw a comic that you can make a movie, it's a totally oh, different I art I understand form. why you'd want to. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wilson and but, I had this – well, we didn't have an argument because we were in agreement. But we had this discussion, and that's basically what he said. I get why you'd want to do it, but but it's still wrong. <laughs> well, I don't get <laughs> like, why you think you can do it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's you know, Shaq insulting. wants to make a movie. Why not? Shaq's famous, but that doesn't make him an actor. If yeah. if he has the opportunity to stop being a basketball basketball player and cut a rap album, that's fine. But why should it be my money on the line? If he's like so big on wanting to express himself, why should I have to foot the bill? He's the millionaire. He should be paying me to watch that crap. Yikes. <laughs> why should all of a sudden he decides he's gonna make a genie movie and I have to be out ten bucks? But in that's the way the spirit is a little bit. I did think the ending of Watchmen was was better this way than the comic. I believe so. so. I think they really hit on something because I can't see how I can see how sense. you can sell it in the comic because of the comic was already you know twelve issues of weirdness and in in the comic world it makes more sense. But I'd see that as being very difficult to sell in a movie. This idea yeah, that they made like some of kind of monster term. for no reason. But pinning it all on Manhattan made sense, and it and it fit the same story, and it and it sort of facilitated him leaving Earth a little bit more. Even I'm not sure why the movie wasn't a bigger hit because I thought it, the action was awesome. You know, too weird. It, it kept a lot. It wasn't that weird, really, though, and it kept a lot of the cool one-liners from the uh, from the comic that that really seemed like good, awesome one-liner 
tough movie one-liners. I love when he's like, you know, you guys, he's in a prison. He's like, you guys don't get it. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. I mean, that's an awesome yeah. action movie the, scene. The, the Punisher. And he did great, by the way. Rorschach. I'm glad. That was, you know, when they said he's the guy they picked to be the, you know, the new Freddy, I'm like, well, if you got to get a guy for the, that guy. You he's know, awesome. He's come a long way really since Bad News Bears. I was really, really impressed with him. He seemed um, no, he was, to really have the a highlight. presence on screen. Yeah, I mean, Rorschach he really is did. 100% Rorschach. He's not diluted from the book at all. Like some of the other characters are like, oh, I wish they did this or that. It's like they captured Rorschach exactly. So that's that's something they can be proud of. I thought, you know, there was real humanity in almost all the characters. I was really impressed. I really was. I think that element of the story they caught they caught really well. I mean, that is the heart of the story is people trying to be superheroes, but they're essentially just people in costumes. If I would have any criticism artistically, it's that in the book they were very straightforward in making in making it clear it was just people in tights. And in the movie it was a lot more stylized. Well, in a movie, they were able to rip people's arms off and stuff, do, yeah. do things that and did it, not seem and normal. And doing like crazy, like Matrix style kung fu fights and stuff. You know, yeah. that takes away from it. I understand why. That's because you're trying to draw people into the movie as a movie. But in the comic, you really got a sense that they're just a bunch of weirdos running around in tights. And this is what happens when man tries to become Superman. That's the story of Watchmen. And then in the face of that, to make matters worse, the actual Superman emerges. Like the the costumed hero actually predates Doctor Manhattan. It's very it's very off putting for everyone. And I guess Osmandius, whatever, must have superpowers. I don't remember from the book if they really say it. But he, he doesn't. Does but he does lame things in the book. He does that in the book as well, and it's lame in the book. Where so he's like, human being cannot. He's not supposed to be though. Even in the book. You, I don't care how well-trained a gymnast you are. You can't catch a bullet. It's not kinetically possible. If you could put your hand around a moving bullet, it's moving so fast that it would move through your hand. You could not knock the bullet out of the hand. It's just, I'm, 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 I'm fairly certain. I'm correct on this. Yeah, I'm willing to put my yeah, hand into no the test. I have no idea what kind of field test. I don't know what the Mythbusters would do. To, to, to suss this one out for us. But I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. I also saw that movie Role Models, and I thought it was funny. a lot of fun. It's real funny, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was not expecting it to be that funny. Well, and, the, the it, and it trailers really taps made it look into awful. the D&D nerd. Yeah, the trailers are okay, but you know they always show you the least funny stuff. But they really tap into the sort of the D&D nerd in you, you know. Even though I never did that live action stuff, that's that's dorky even for me. But still, they 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 dressed up and kissed for no reason. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's a it's a very silly movie. They're just having it, fun, and there's a lot of funny people. I'm a big fan of Paul Rudd in particular. And um, I'm glad they finally got that guy into something else. The guy that was in that oh, I don't remember his name. Do you remember that short lived TV show where they were? supposed to be kind of a reality is improv kind of thing where they were in a TV show network doing the news or something. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. Well, the guy that's in role models as the counselor, goody two shoes guy with a really intense Southern accent. Oh, really? He was on that show. And, um, 
I always thought that he had a lot of talent, and even though that show itself wasn't very good, I was like, man, this guy needs to do something. And this is the first other thing I've seen him in, so I'm glad that he got some exposure for that. Well, that's good. They, they that really put together they, a lot of funny people. Yeah, they had the girl from um, the Best of Show, and uh, a lot of, she was a 40-year-old version. In fact, she's pretty much re reprising her role, the can- the head counselor lady, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, she does a lot of that ad lib comedy stuff. Well, she that role is almost exactly what she was in Forty Year Old Virgin too. Just like always making these very inappropriate sexual comments, <laughs> and making you very uncomfortable in everything <laughs> yeah, she says. She's really good at that. <laughs> I like how she kept saying, "You know, don't come in here and BS me." Or whatever. Next time you try to BS me, just BS each other instead and see how it feels. That's a good. It's a quality movie. I'm just saying, it's 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 really cute. All right, then. My name is Brooks. I'm Sean. Uh, go watch Watchmen if you haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that hadn't. <laughs> so, but it, it's good. Okay, bye. That's a terrible way to end. I know we didn't plug anything. That'd be the quickest end to a show ever because usually we just say okay, and the website is this. I like, oh yeah, so let's see how that This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. United forever, come and meet your friends. Have no fear, time's up, time's here for the Watchmen. Watch out.